Hello survivors and welcome to First Aid Spray, a Resident Evil podcast by fans for fans. This is an inaugural episode, a pilot if you will, for this new project. So please let us know what you think of this podcast when you're done listening to it, what you liked, what you didn't like, what you loved about it, what you hated about it. We want this show to find its audience and grow from there, so if there's demand for more, we'll definitely adhere to that. But we want to connect with all of you great Resident Evil fans. My name is Cyniac, you can just call me Cy. You might know me from my YouTube channel where I've been reviewing games for about three and a half years now. I run ResiFax on Twitter and Facebook and I'm one half of the administrative powers of the Resident Evil 2 board game Facebook community. Joining me on the panel this week is my right-hand man and currently in the midst of playing the whole series for his Let's Play channel, Firebutton, Steve Valance. Hey! <laughs> Fellow YouTuber <laughs> who's returned to the platform I'm waiting for with bated breath. You may know him as Serial Box 64, but we know him as Jordan Sergu. Hello. And finally, a man who is such a fan of the Resident Evil series that he made his own officially licensed by Capcom board game, lead developer of Resident Evil 2, the board game, Steamforged Games, his own show in Matthews. All right. So before we get into things, I just wanted to run down a little bit about what we're doing. In this pilot show, we thought we'd start correctly with an intro to the series at large and just discussing it kind of freely. So our main subject in this episode is talking about the 22 plus year history of the Biohazard franchise from 1996 to the present day, hitting on the most important releases, personal highs and lows, etc. We have a couple of other segments too, and I just want to take a moment at the top of the show to thank a one Mr. George Trevor from Crimson Head Elder for his blessings on the file readings that you'll be hearing throughout this episode. It's an idea that spun off from his podcast and I highly recommend that and his website if you want to learn some really brilliantly obscure things about our favourite series. Now, with all of that out of the way, let's get into First Aid Spray, first ever episode, and the first feature this week and all weeks is the news. Ah, that's me! Oh. <laughs> um, so our first bit of news that uh, we found from Capcom's Twitter is that Resident Evil Zero, the remake or remaster of Resident Evil, and uh, Resident Evil 4 will be coming to Nintendo Switch in the uh, new year, 2019. Do we have any particular thoughts on this? Well, I guess my uh, my iPhone 3GS port of Resident Evil 4 can now go in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> this is port number 11, I think. Like Honestly, I think that's the number, which is insane. But I made a tweet, I already said, as if they give me any more opportunities to buy the remake, I'll, I will take them. So I'm not so sure about the others, maybe, personally. I mean, I played them both kind of recently, so maybe that's why. But having remake on the go sounds great to me. I don't know. Uh, uh, Jordan, yeah, you're on. a Switch owner, aren't you? I'm sorry? You're a Switch owner, aren't you? I don't know about Yeah, you. yeah. I, I mean, to be honest, I probably would get Resident Evil 4 again. I mean, I'm losing count of how many platforms I've had it on, but sure, why not? Yeah, it seems like it would be... I mean, you can say this about every game. It feels like it'd be great for the Switch. It's almost like a meme at this point. But yeah, I can see that being kind of fun on the go. Yeah, I know, yeah it, could, it could work. I don't know if this is a tempt either of you guys. I don't know, Sher and Steve, if you are Switch owners or not. Uh, I, I am planning on being, uh, just as a case of... Waiting for the right moment, and I kind of missed the boat this time because prepping for Christmas. But uh, yeah, because Smash Brothers Ultimate's on the horizon, and well, now the Resident Evil games as well. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a good time. It's a good time to invest, at least in my opinion. I, I don't, ex I don't expect them to include these controls, um, but obviously the, the Wii version had uh, fantastic. 
plastic motion controls that completely that's, change the way yeah, that you play it. I don't think they would be able to do it with the, the gyro motion, but they did have uh, gyro aiming controls for Resident Evil Revelations on Switch. So oh, okay. I was, I was it might be they, they implement something like that. Hopefully. Yeah, because I haven't picked those up just yet. So, yeah, it's, I mean, it's entirely possible. Sherwin, would this tempt you to get a Switch if you don't have one? Do you know, until I had to go buy my PS4 so I could research video games, um, <laughs> I, I like the way this starts. I, the most recent console I actually own is a PS1, so I don't <laughs> think that's probably likely to be a thing I do. <laughs> that would be quite a jump. I just do not have spare time to play it, sadly. No, Plus, also, I've played the out of most of those games. So. I mean, that, that is that. They are, at the end of the day, just ports. Who knows if we'll ever get... Uh, a new game. I know Seven got a Japanese port uh, to the Switch. It's not come out anywhere else. So I suppose it's possible that Remake 2 might end up there, and who knows? That would be kind of cool. But yeah, adding these to the Revelations games, that's a hefty number of Resident Evil ports coming. So do we know if they're adding anything to them? Like, you know, uh, the Revelations got uh, like an extra minigame each, didn't they? Uh, uh, you know, I like don't know. Ghosts knockoff. Um, but this is, yeah. Yeah, if it isn't a Mario costume, I'll be very disappointed. <laughs> that would be fantastic. I don't think so personally. There'll probably just be the HD version. You know, Zero has got the Wesker mode. You'll probably get all that stuff. But Chris Redfield as Fox McLeod. That's <laughs> now I want it. <laughs> but That's who's what would Jill's costume? I mean, Peach, I guess. Zelda, Samus. Samus, that would be Samus. Cool. Samus is a good shout. I think Bayonetta would be actually kind of. More scary than the zombies <laughs> in that mansion, you know. <laughs> so our next piece of news, Resident Evil Director's Cut is going to be coming to the PlayStation Classics lineup and the unit itself, the PlayStation, I think, yeah, the PlayStation Classics coming out for £90 recommended retail price, which in, in my opinion is probably going to be brilliant because it's not the uh, DualShock version. Uh, but yeah, I'll pass it on to you guys. What do you guys think? So the most important question here is what soundtrack it will have. Uh, that's it, yeah. See, the DualShock version is the one that had the remastered, well, the replaced soundtrack, mm. and the original director's cut didn't. Which yeah, is that's, that's always a thing that I see people talking about, and I'm not sure if I feel like somebody's got the wrong end of the stick there because I always see people saying, "Oh, director's cut is the one with the bad soundtrack," and I've always thought, "But that's the DualShock one." But now I'm, I may be wrong in that fact. I think the US version of the director's cut has the replaced soundtrack and not the Europe one or something like that. But yeah, I know that this version is the one with the proper soundtrack at, at the very least. Hmm. The version I've got, uh, which obviously is a European version, has the correct soundtrack as in the one from the original game. Yeah. Uh, without yeah. the kind of terrible audio. The, the clown um, farts. Yeah, so I'm not <laughs> sure which version that is. I'd actually have to go downstairs and dig out the game. But yeah, so the director's cut came about because of uh, in the interim between Resident Evil 2 being so slow, wasn't it? That's why it came out as a thing. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I Plus, you uh, got an awesome demo disc of Resident Evil 2. That's very true. That's very true. Um, that, sadly, is probably not part of the PlayStation Classic. <laughs> Personally, shame, because there's really cool stuff about that. There is, um, there I'm, is. I'm, now yeah. I'm going to geek out about Resident Evil 2, and none of you can stop me. No, go for I it. Was it. Place for it. <laughs> I, I, I like, was a... Uh, I was a little surprised that it was Resident Evil 1 um, instead of... Because the, the Classics lineup seems like a bit of a curveball. I was surprised that uh, Ridge Racer 4 ended up in the list instead yeah. of the original. Yeah, so I, I was kind I just, of expecting another curveball and maybe put in Nemesis. Yes, I would have thought mm. something like that. And the same thing with Tekken. I, I 
personally, I would have said I would expect it to be two over three, but mm-hmm. uh, maybe that's just me. Yeah, I'm not so not Tekken so sure about this. <laughs> well, I don't know. Oh, yeah, maybe I'm just thinking of it as Tekken Two is the one with it just seems the most familiar one that people talked about the most. Not necessarily the better game, but I feel like it's the one with the most impact. But I don't know. I'm not really sure about that. Oh, I'm not sure. I'm not interested at all in this this system, honestly. And I know lots of people that were that have since cancelled their pre-orders, which isn't a great sign. Yeah, I'm actually in that boat myself. I was really hyped for it, and then the roster leaked, and all of a sudden, so many missed opportunities. And uh, yeah, got to turn it down. Yeah. I'm surprised Resi 2 didn't make the cut for the system, to be honest, with like you know all the hype building up to well next year's big release and. You know, I thought they'll put the original there so people can like see what it was like before. And obviously, Sherwin's got the board game as well, which is looking forward to that. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's not on this console. Um... True, true. <laughs> Mod it in <laughs> somehow. Uh, I'm sure there's like a board game emulator somewhere on that thing you can put there. But it, no. it'll happen. I like how you also said I'm going to nerd out about Resident Evil 2 and no one can stop me and got cut off. I <laughs> know, oh, it's good, wasn't it? <laughs> it's just, just uh, you guys are the worst. You really are. It was really cool, that demo disc. Now's the point where you cut in and break me off again. No, actually, in all fairness, I played it for the first time in, you know, nearly since release uh, recently, and it was quite cool seeing some of the differences and you know, the way it ends and everything with Ada turning up in the star's office and stuff like that. It's, yeah, a tasty, it's, the, it's a tasty morsel of what's to come. It's very well orchestrated in that it leads you along a path and gives you a sense of what's what the game's going to be, but it doesn't let you go wild uh, exploring the whole place. To be honest, not, I think the thing that I like the most about it is there's loads of stuff where there's um, like Resi 1.5 music in it, uh, and there's quite a few areas where you see something which didn't make it into the final cut because it was originally... Um, the original Resident Evil 2 mm. uh, stuff, which is super interesting. It's kind of like history uh, in that respect. So Absolutely. I think that's the most interesting part for me, what, uh, playing it through. Yeah, um, it's, it's definitely worth combing over, like go, taking your time to go through it and really picking out all the little tiny details. Well, if you're like a fan, if you're like some yeah, random guy, then it just it's like, a yeah, okay, cool. So that was 10 minutes of my life. Okay, our uh, next piece of news, Resident Evil 2's reimagining is going to get a steelbook version in Europe. Uh, and it will feature a code for Resident Evil 1.5's Elsa Walker. Uh, it's you know, being uh, the Steelbook's 55, whereas the, the standard deluxe edition is 60, and then the regular version is 43 pounds, a recommended retail price. Do you have any particular thoughts? Yeah, I'm. A, I've 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 got a real bone to pick with some of the versions that they've put out for this. I'm not a fan of the fact that the deluxe version is. Uh, digital only in Europe but gets a physical release in America and such and the price on it is very confusing to me so that's uh, what is that to do 12 pound difference between the standard and steelbook version yeah you get a fancy case and one costume whereas five pound more for the deluxe you get all the rest of the costumes you get your extra samurai edge weapons and you get the soundtrack swap and all the extra little bit it's weird it's a weird pricing thing but mostly i'm just kind of annoyed that there's no physical release for that deluxe so the choices are standard or steelbook with one costume uh, and miss out on the rest so i've gone and i've had to pre-order it digitally and i'll pick up another physical version because i'm an idiot but don't know not really a fan of of that see my inner cynic says there's probably going to be a gold edition down the line like there has been for the past mainline resident evils except for six 
I reckon yeah. there's going to be a Resident Evil 2 Gold Edition down the line, personally. Yeah, you're definitely not the first person to say that, and I'll probably hold off. I'm, I mean, they've made no mention of any like major DLC outside of these costumes and stuff in the way that Seven had its uh, extra story segments and stuff, and I'm hoping there is stuff coming for the game. You'd have thought so. Um, and mm. obviously, if they do that, then chances are, yeah, you'll get your Gold or Game of the Year version and that kind of stuff. Uh, what versions... Has anybody made a pre-order yet? Besides myself? Same as you. Same yeah. as you. I got digital version uh, on the. Uh, I've got it on Steam and Xbox One, and hoping to maybe get a triple dip and get a uh, PS4 version. The main reason is to send Capcom a message. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm all for that. I, I am. I completely understand that. Um, again, that's, just, that's this is why I buy a remake every time it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so our final piece of news is that the uh, first draft of the new Resident Evil film is apparently going to be focused more on horror and not action, according to the film's writer, Greg Russo. Yeah, I'll, I'll read his quote here, and then we can dissect it a little bit. He had an interview with Discussing Film, where he was talking about uh, the second Death Note film, and he said that he worked on the reboot. The re- he worked on the reboot of the Resident Evil films for about a year, and then producer James Wan came in. My involvement on that project has kind of concluded, so I'm not sure what they'll really do with it. I submitted my draft to the producers and they were happy with it, and ultimately they'll do what they will with the property, but I'm currently not involved with that film. Obviously, I'm a huge fan of the franchise, so to work on that was a lot of fun. And they've made six films before, so when you come back to that and reboot it, you want to do something different and not just rehash. For me, it was very clear-cut that I wanted to go back and make it scary again, like a horror film in terms of the classic James Wan style. So that was the pitch, going back and looking what made the game scary in the first place. So yeah, Resident Evil 7 was a bit of a touchstone for my draft. Not to shame the original film franchise that was made, I think that did very well when you create a fresh reboot and look over at the over-the-top action of the Paul Anderson franchise. It was fun and really cool, but at the end of the day, for me as a fan of the original game franchise, I always considered the franchise to be horror at the forefront and action as a secondary feature, so it just made sense to go back to the horror roots. James Wan, who's producing this film, or at least he's attached to it right now, is the man behind Saw, Conjuring and Insidious. So that's really interesting. I've seen a lot of places are running with this story as Resident Evil 7 is getting a film adaption, which to me is clickbait nonsense, uh, extrapolated yeah. from that quote. You know, just saying I'm using the, the horror influence aspect of Resident Evil 7 uh, for the basis of the film. But that's really interesting. Again, like he said, studios are studios and who knows what we'll end up with. But I'm cautiously optimistic i suppose james one did he do is it just the first saw film or did he do like literally the litany of their sequels i'll do we know? i'll look into it now okay because that because the, the latest the latest saw films start to get a bit more let's just have more and more gruesome action murders and less um, tension and terror right, for one yeah. of that, so that, that yeah. kind of i can see uh Perhaps a bit of bad luck. I'm hoping the film. I, I, mean, I didn't even know the Resident Evil films are being uh, rebooted. So that that you know, I'll take that as a good thing. I suppose uh, so. Taking yeah. the horror route certainly. So he directed uh, and wrote the first film, and then was an executive producer on what looks like essentially all the rest of them. So yeah, just the first one. Oh, and he mm. wrote the story for the third one. But yeah, so interesting. Anyone else got any particular views on? 
potential new Resident Evil films and maybe reflecting back on what is now the concluded Paul Anderson uh, saga. I mean, I I like that they're they're having another go because I mean, okay, so there was there was how many films before? How many live action films? I think he said six, but I'm sure there's seven. (laughs) Okay, it was four. Okay, so there's the, there's seven, um, and there's there's how many uh, CG films as well? Uh, three of those. Three, yeah. Yeah. Well, four, mean, four, technically. I mean, to Capcom's credit, they really do try and make as many adaptations as possible. You can think of any kind of franchise that they've got, and they've got something out to the point that, like, like with the CG Resident Evil movies, they just show up out of nowhere. You just you you turn around and it's just there, and no one knows how it got there, and no one really really knows if they want to watch it or not. Um, I'd say that's accurate with the live action films, definitely <laughs> as well. Mm. They just appeared. <laughs> the, the live action films were uh, uh, an experience, mm. to to say the least. But of course, you know, I mean, seven films—that's like clearly exhausting the whole aspect of going with this kind of over-the-top action style um they can't really take it any further than that so absolutely take a stab at it the the capcom are going to make more movies anyway so have a go i do find it interesting that they are looking to resident evil again when they've got other franchises they could potentially have a play with obviously there's talk about there being a devil may cry uh netflix series now um, but it is cool. I mean, Resident Evil is, I think, their biggest franchise in terms of sales. So um, it's not overly surprising. Uh, but it doesn't feel Monster Hunter's bigger. Uh, yeah, that's going to mm, move as think... well, isn't it? Yeah, it quite possibly could be. Now I know it's their best-selling game as a Monster Hunter game, but Resident Evil does have the 22 years <laughs> to pull from. So in terms of franchise, I'm not quite sure. But it's just interesting that they. I guess it's. It feels weird because it's so soon. There is six films I looked it up, and the last one was only a few years ago. So it does, it feels soon, but I suppose it's going to take a couple of years before it's here. So maybe by the time it comes, there will be some interest and stuff. But interesting nonetheless. I'm surprised they're doing the film route. I would have thought, you know, that there was that Arclay thing, wasn't there? There was um, teased about and talked mm. about in like, you know, corners of the internet a couple of years back. Uh, that could have been interesting. I would have preferred a Resident Evil TV series, you know, so you get time to know the characters. It's not just. Uh, thing happens, explosion, explosion, explosion. Uh, time countdown done. You know, uh, as long as you blow up something with a rocket launcher at the end, then it'll feel yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> that's but the way to end I, the season. Yeah, I, I'm thinking. To be honest, for the most part, for me, the Resident Evil experience is so subjective to everybody. It's something where it's always this personal, um, this personal kind of adventure that anyone goes on. And whether they choose to sort of, you know, whether they choose to look at the continuity of the movies, whether they look at the video games, whether they want to split those video games into kind of the originals, you know, one, two, three, whether they then want to split out to um, some of the others, that's really entirely up to those guys. And it, it will up to each individual person. For me, the movies have never really scratched any sort of itch that feels like Resident Evil in any shape or form. Um, and that's, yeah animated ones that's the live action ones and i dare say it possibly not even the new ones um for all the reasons you just mentioned about them being something where we take hey you know it would be great to have some you know some actual development of characters within these series and you know build these guys up so you actually you know really feel an emotional attachment to them when they get killed or dragged off into the darkness by a zombie rather than anything else that for me is what resident evil could be as a movie and i just don't think they'll hit the i don't think they'll hit it at all 
Yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, there's definitely concerns there in terms but of But we'll that. see. If you I mean, want... that's, that's a terribly negative and pessimistic yeah. way of looking at things. I if mean... your interpretation of Resident Evil was a dumb zombie movie, or it may <laughs> not even be that, then go nuts. Yeah, it's very true. And also when you talk about levels of uh, subjective as well, I mean, the thing about the games is you can go as deep as you like into them in terms of the lore and stuff. You can blast through and not read any files or you can get really into the mystery of what's going on and that kind of thing. So, yeah, again, Resident Evil is, especially at this point in time, a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And that leads me nicely on to our main discussion. Which is a really small topic. We thought we didn't really narrow it down. <laughs> what, everything? <laughs> yeah. We're really concise, so that way we don't have to you know, pick up a bit more than we can chew for. So let's, I... let's discuss 22 years now in about half hour. Let's do yeah. that. Nobody's <laughs> planning on going to bed tonight, eh? Okay, so let's start at the very, very beginning. Resident Evil, the original game, was released on March 22nd in Japan, 1996. It started off life as a Super Nintendo game and a spiritual successor to the NES title Sweet Home. It features many uh, features from that and the early Alone in the Dark games, such as the fixed camera and the tank controls. The project was directed by Shinji Mikami, who was picked by Capcom since he's apparently a very fearful man and they decided he would understand what scary is and it hinged around the Raccoon City Police Department stars unit exploring a mysterious mansion fighting off hordes of undead and uh, strange creatures uncovering a mystery about a big corporation and a betrayal at the heart of their own team. Uh, upon release of the game, it became the best-selling PlayStation 1 title to date, had hugely positive reviews, is talked about as one of the most important games of that era, one of the most important games of all time, and definitely the most important game in the horror genre, especially since, among other things, it coined the term survival horror. Uh, how do we all feel about the first game when it came out, and how do we feel about it now, what is now 22 years later? Well, let's talk about what a fearful man actually means first, because that's a really weird thing to say. Does this mean that this is a guy jumping at his every shadow, or is this a really scary individual that everyone's afraid of? Yeah, the the, the choice apparently was because he's a bit of a fraidy cat, which is odd. You would think a master of horror who, who knows how to play on other people's fears might be something that he'd selected, <laughs> not someone who, yeah, is, a, is afraid of everything, but a, apparently that's that's what they went with. I, I guess it worked out for them, though. Well, just a curious point. I no, was expecting no, sure. you guys to find a little bit more amusement in that, but apparently you're dry today. <laughs> oh, so, sorry. Oh, it's all right. Yeah, you want this podcast to be nice and boring for everybody. That's <laughs> so Does anyone have any... go, go on, go ahead. Resident Evil, I, I'm old, and I enjoyed playing Resident Evil when it came out. It was awesome. It was literally this game that landed, and none of us were prepared for it in any way, shape, or form when it came out. Um, is the best way to describe it. And you started playing, and pff, I don't know, about 10 minutes in, you suddenly, suddenly realized this is very, very different to anything else I've played. It's, it's the best true. way of describing it. Yeah. That, that's the impact of what the game had. Like until then, and it was very, it was very easy to forget like the terrible, awful act, voice acting. Bearing in mind, there were lots of games that had just as bad acting 
back then. But of course, those games have been forgotten by the eras. So it's just something where we kind of look at Resident Evil and go, "Oh yeah, you know, this was the this was the one with the really bad voice acting." Well, lots of games had that. We just don't remember them. But the actual thing itself was just awesome. There's no other words to describe it. It was this very transformative experience. You played Resident Evil, and you. I remember even talking to my teachers. I was at school <laughs> at the time, and I remember talking to my math teacher about how he basically borrowed the game from one of the other students who was trying to play it. Bless the guys. He probably had no spare time as a teacher, and he's trying to play it in between like every day so he can give it back to this kid before the end of term. And he's going, "Oh, I think I've almost got it." We're like, "Yeah." He's like, "Yeah, I've, I've just need to get the wind crest, and then I'm out." And it's like, "Oh, you are nowhere." <laughs> yeah, so kind, of, kind of all of us shaking our head, kind of face palming, just like like looking at like John going, "You're never getting your game back." Like he's just got it now forever. Like he's. <laughs> Uh, and he's describing, oh man, it's so hard. And we're thinking this this was ten minutes like into the game for the rest of us. What are you doing? But no, it was cool. Um, I don't know about the rest of you, but it that's was still me. Came out. Oh, there you go. See, <laughs> <laughs> as in you're still looking for the wing crest. Okay, that's cool. Uh, <laughs> are we all looking for the wing crest in life? <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, I think most prudent what you said there is just how different it was. I think early advent of 3D gaming and stuff, people were really pushing what they could and trying to make bigger, bolder, and, you know, that kind of thing. And Resident Evil is is slow and maybe thoughtful isn't the right word, but it's methodical and that kind of thing. And, yeah, you're, you're right. There was nothing quite like it. And, I mean, all these... It's, well, I say all these years later. It got... It dated very quickly, but that's just the way with... 3D gaming, but even now, um, it's especially if you you are adept at the controls. I know if I handed the game to someone much younger, they would probably struggle with the lack of quality of life improvements that the game has and such. But if you play it now, there's it has so much to give. Even with the remake that came out six years later or so, um, there's so many differences and it has so much character and life and. It, there's just some there's a spark in there that that's that won't go out and that's why it's stood the test of time despite aging so much when i say for me resident evil one um that was kind of my brother had just gone to playstation and we needed to rent some games out because we literally had just ridge racer and the original tekken and he sees this rather striking it's the rental shop so they've got like clear cases and he just sees a striking disc with an eye on it and he goes oh that looks weird let's have that um <laughs> And then we get home. I'm, I'm, I'm must be nine, ten, and he uh, gets to the dog, the famous, ever so famous dog corridor. And he's his recently plastered home got apparently co- coffee just strewn up and stained to the point where he, he had to then like repaint the you know, re- redo his entire wall like, where he wanted to. But um, for me, that ever since that weekend where we went through the original Resident Evil. I couldn't go down a set of stairs without looking down and I'd just flip, flick the light on at night. I, you know, there was a resonance there where I kept feeling like monsters were going to jump out. I mean, I had nightmares for weeks. And I love I think that was great. The endless stories you can read on the internet of people's experiences with this game when it came out. I, you know, there are so many that were like, we got to the dogs jumping through the window being an iconic moment and, you know, turn the console off. We were so afraid. I've, I've read some that got to, we got to the first zombie turning around, which now looks like, you know, plasticine madness. It looks stupid, but it terrified people. It was nothing like it at the time. Hey, the original Hunter scene still makes me nervous. <laughs> I <All right>. noticed. 
yeah, my first experiences with it, I played Resident Evil 2 beforehand. I, I was aware of what it was and, you know, the plot and that sort of thing because it, it's given away in the second game and I probably read about it on the early days of the internet. But I, I rented it uh, back when that was a thing, video game rental from, from a video store. And I just, yeah, I... I just remember really struggling with the open expanse of and you know how much you could explore the mansion and being confused about where to go next and you know I was probably not the ideal age to be playing it. I definitely remember my younger cousin wanting to see what it was and all the parents in the house being like nope <laughs> that game says 15 you can't you can't watch that but <laughs> There you go. So I had a very brief experience with the first game. It's only after the remake that I really went back and uh, experienced it properly. Jordan, have you ever played the original game? I know you're familiar with the remake. I think I played a little bit of the original, but the thing was, when I was growing up, I had a Nintendo 64 uh, first, and then I got a PS1 later. So I didn't even know there was a Resident Evil 1. So Resident Evil 2 shows up on the N64 and it's like, oh, okay, you know, let's try this out. And five minutes later, it's like, ah, oh, that was nice. I'm never touching that cartridge again. <laughs> <laughs> Holy smokes, that was scary. Um, but but yeah, I, I, I did learn about it later on. Sort of like the uh, game cover in some stores, but I didn't get to experience it until I got a GameCube and I got a remake on the same day as I got Luigi's Mansion, which have some strange parallels when you <laughs> when you look it up, and I was like, "Oh, which one? Which Mansion game should I play first? <laughs> Fun Mario Mansion or this Resident Evil that has a very sort of drab, um, nondescript cover with just Resident Evil across it?" And I thought, "Yeah, let's try that." And it was broad daylight, and I was still f- frightened out of my skin. Yeah, like. Um, it was so realistic and it still seems so realistic. Um, so that was my experience sort of of the game. Like I I started with Resi 2 and then on to Remake. Um, and the thing is, if you start with Remake, it makes it harder to go back to the original. Um, it, the graphics agree. are just yeah. completely different. It's like a practically brand new game. Just, just to interrupt briefly, I love the fact that you get Resident Evil 2 you play Resident Evil 2, and then a few years later, you see the first Resident Evil, and you go, huh, never occurred to me there'd be a Resident Evil 1. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. That's amazing. Different, That's amazing. We had to live in a different world as an N64 owner, okay? <laughs> I mean, it's very true. You, you put it that way, especially with, like... What's a Final Fantasy? <laughs> I've never heard of it. It is funny how 2 is the only game on the 64, and, and again, with the GameCube, everything got ported over, but the first game got a remake, which makes it stand out. But yeah, I was the same as you. Like I say, I, I started with remake and went back. I do think if you can stick with the original game, there's plenty of differences there that are really interesting. But again, as we said, it's aged. Um, what I was going to do next, I'm going to run through the what is now affectionately referred to as the sort of classic era, and we'll we'll dip in, into that and talk about personal highs and lows with what is that classic era. And what I mean by that is the years between '96 and 2004, so fixed camera angles and tank controls and 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 
horror being the pretty much primary theme of the entire franchise. What's really striking about looking about this list of games is just how many games they pumped out in that short space of time. That's eight years, and they pumped out a hell of a lot of games, often two a year. So obviously the first game was 1996. In 1997, there was a gap uh, and no new release in that year. Um, and then they certainly made up for it. That gap wouldn't appear again until 2005, 2006, sorry. So in 98 was Resident Evil 2, 99 a year later, Resident Evil 3 Nemesis. A year later was the first ever spin-off game with Survivor and then Code Veronica shortly after. In 2001... Gaiden. You forgot Gaiden. No, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. 2001, Gaiden. Really? <laughs> Yep. Wow. Yeah. I had yeah, no idea it took so long to come out. It's a... your favourite game. <laughs> I mean, they had to perfect it. It's, it's actually it's the <laughs> best a... game in the series. It shows the, the time they slaved away over that game. Um, <laughs> the, that 2001, the best year in Resident Evil because we got Gaiden and Survivor 2 Code Veronica. 2002 is was one hell of a year. As we said, the remake. We got the prequel in Zero as well and the first live-action film. In 2003... Moving on to the PlayStation 2 with Dead Aim and Outbreak, and then Outbreak got its sequel in 2004 with Outbreak File 2. So that's the classic era. Does anybody have any particular thoughts on that gameplay style, games from that era, favourites, least favourites? Let me have it. I really want to see a big-budget AAA title try and tackle fixed camera angles and just go for it. You know, in this day and age with the technology they have now, I'm surprised they haven't at least, you know, we've got we've got a couple million knocking around. Let's just, uh, just go on a punt. If we could do a punt with the Revelation series and stuff nowadays, why can't we emulate the old style? I'm not going to go on a rant about it. I just I feel like there's still an audience for it. Mm. Re- it the remaster really sales sold that. Yeah, but I think I, in, I would say never say never. I think that it's possible that they will do a small budget game like that just to see what happens. But aside from Resident Evil, surely there's... You'd think there's indie games doing that. I don't think I've seen any, but there must be indie developers and stuff making things. I could see a trend like that on the horizon, definitely. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure that's It lends coming. itself well to a smaller budget. Yeah, mm. for sure, for sure. And, and especially with... It's obviously... There was a big bubble of horror indie games some years back, and it is kind of... Uh, laid low for a while so it's probably time for that to return and maybe that'll be the style but yeah i mean was the sudden end of that style and there's so many games here that executed it in in such a like quick pace that i guess capcom a thought people might be exhausted of it and b just wanted to take the series in a different route you've got lots of people that say (laughs) and i think one of them is here today this is where resident evil lives and anything afterwards debatably so sherwin (laughs) (laughs) i mean realistically right it goes back to the subjectivity i talked about for most people i I think the biggest part of this argument that people have or arguments too strong a term but the biggest part of this conversation is for this point this is very much all really these games all spill out from this idea of resident evil one that's the core of that's the sort of that's the the core DNA of what Resident Evil is in this era. It's this survival horror experience where you are on your own, you're isolated, you're going through, you're trying to survive. Uh, you've got to manage your resources. Uh, the enemy's coming at you. They are zombies. They are slow. Anything else? Fixed camera angles. 
you know, we all know exactly what that entity is. I don't necessarily need to describe it to anybody here or any listeners to this program. The the crucial thing is, is that when you start, when you sort of hit four onwards, that dramatically shifts the needle to something else completely different. And in a lot of ways, that the reason that people kind of get bound up in this idea that, hey, that's not Resident Evil to me is purely because it's got really tenuous links. If we, if we were to look at Resident Evil 4, by comparison to the original games, the similarities are Leon and Ada. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I'm mentioned gonna, it. I, I, as much as we can argue it different way, shape, or form, that's really kind of it. And it's the same with the story arc as well. If you look at kind of, you know, the idea of the T virus, uh, the G virus, whatever else, kind of expanding out, and this idea of Umbrella as this organization that's doing things. Yeah, by the time you get to Resident Evil 4 and you have this guy running around who's like a tiny child version of Napoleon with his two huge hulking bodyguards, it's really <laughs> funky, is mm. the words I'm going to use. And I mean, it's great. I'm not saying that Resident Evil 4 isn't a good game. It really is for many reasons. But for a lot of you can understand for someone who had that sort of idea of what Resident Evil was, switching out to Resident Evil 4 and then, okay, so that's now what Resident Evil is, is a real shock to the system. And I think that's really where it comes from in a lot of ways. Um, I mean, as much as you kind of guys kind of chuckle at Gaiden and the other stuff, even that game at core level is Resident Evil. It has got the survival horror elements. It is you walking around, you know, this place where you are isolated on your own. You're trying to kind of make sense of what it happens. There's a countdown at the end. You blow up something with a rocket launcher. Um, it, it's kind of the Resident Evil experience, right? Yeah, item management, and you've got to search for keys. I, I can't remember if there's many files in Gaiden. There's like a few little text boxes here and there, but you've got cutscenes to make up for it. Yeah, to be fair, I mean, Gaiden is yeah the example I gave, and that has serious limitations. That's probably, I'd I'd argue, unless you look at some of the old ports, you know, like the old GBA version of Resident Evil 1 um, that never really made it to market, but that's possibly the most challenged system that Resident Evil has been released on. Well, maybe the Gamescom, but oh, that's, that's, that's a glorious thing. Don't lie. Um, it's, it's, the point is, is that's, that's probably the most condensed a game has ever been to its core, you know, to the core DNA of what Resident Evil is. And even that has the same hallmarks and in a lot of ways feel, feels more Resident Evil as a property than Resident Evil 4. Mm. And I think that's where most people come from when it comes to that. It's I true. bet we never thought we'd be talking about Ninja. Uh, sorry, Resident Evil Gaiden so much. <laughs> no, oh, they, they expected it. it. They absolutely expected. <laughs> yeah, <it. laughs> I, I mean, that in there. we will move on a bit more to Resident Evil Four in a moment. But it, I mean, obviously, this is a big topic with everybody landing on different sides of it. What I will say is, and I have, I agree with what Sherwin has to say for the most part, and I mentioned it in my review recently, but. Like a lot of Resident Evil 4 is iconic for what it is, but a lot of the real iconic stuff that you think of as Resident Evil, not just the gameplay, but you know, character moments, dialogue, even if it's bad stuff, what makes up the DNA of Resident Evil, like you said, that's those early games. That's the stuff that people remember and talk about. A lot of the modern era, which we're going to get to, is not really stuff that people talk about as much. You know, people remember Master of Unlocking. People remember experiencing the Mr. X character for the first time and uh, interpersonal relationships and Alfred Ashford and all this crazy stuff. I feel like the later games, and maybe it's it's because they're not as old and they don't, you know, don't have quite as much nostalgia, perhaps. But they're not, they're not as quote-unquote iconic, if you'd like. Uh, and these older games are definitely held in high esteem, and that's why you still get continuous ports of them and people demanding remakes and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, these are the, for the longest time, this is 
And even to this day, this is Resident Evil in its truest form to me. And I don't have too much of an issue with the modern games, really. But this is what I prefer. This is this is my era of Resident Evil. Um, mm. these, these, you know, nostalgically speaking, so so many memories. But even today, I still play them very often and we'll watch let's plays of them fairly frequently and yeah you know i play like i've said many many times i play the original resident evil 2 basically every six months or so you know I'd, stuff like that that's my favorite out of the series does anyone have any particular like real highlights out of this series of games recently discovering just how overpowered nemesis is like um <laughs> going back and playing resident evil 3 recently i did not you know, I've never, I've always ran from him. I've never tried to face him down, except in the points where you actually have to go toe to toe. And now I've finally figured out how you dodge. Uh, uh-huh. that, that easily the most overclocked boss in Resident Evil history. You can put him against anything in the later in the series. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna brown my trousers if Nemesis is there. Everything else isn't a problem. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Three is one that I've struggled with a lot in terms of difficulty level, personally. I mean, I did a live stream of it not too long ago, and people had to watch me fight that uh, church, that uh, clock tower boss fight with Nemesis for about 30 minutes because he just kept rocking me. Suck. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but it's so great that um, a game like Nemesis can have that kind of big departure from the first two games. Um, it, it kind of reminds me of certain like long-running film series that are almost an examination of themselves um like rocky and alien where they try and change it and try and experiment with it it's still fundamentally the same game but you're approaching it in a different way um so it's not necessarily about you like running into dangerous situations as it is running away from a dangerous situation (laughs) several times throughout the game that's very I think true. that's kind of indicative of like the, the whole uh, series at that time and that whole stretch that we're talking about, that classic era, um, and how they could try out different things that didn't always work, like Survivor, yeah. um, and at least uh, have, a, have a go at it, which I think the modern series is obviously kind of, it's kept to a more common and understood formula. It, Back then, they were still finding their feet about what they wanted to do with the series. It's true. There are spin-offs in the sort of second era, but they are wild sort of divergence in another direction. They're not so much of sort of re-examining on how to twist the formula slightly, though that it's recognisably same, but it feels different in the way that Resi 3 really is. You're right, it stands out as that uh, series of classic games, as the one that's different in the yeah there's just the format of it is different you're not exploring a grand area you're running from a to b to c and you know trying to survive along the way and yet it's not totally linear it still feels like resident evil sure but at the same time you you look at resident evil 3 and you kind of go well at core level it's still the same horror experience there's yes. just a different take on it yes absolutely and and i think the the i think the biggest burden the later games have just thinking it through while you guys have been chatting is is they almost have this massive burden of trying to justify the sort of increasingly wild or insane story angles or cutscenes that you encounter in them through this kind of oh yeah you know this is the part where somebody got cloned or there's a different version of somebody else out there because umbrella created them years ago in a lab somewhere or anything else happening whereas the original games it's literally just okay you're in this situation you will die if you do not escape go nuts 
And that exact cool. issue is like it's shown throughout the Resident Evil Five trailers. You see, the very first trailer is very captivating, and it's just about sort of setting and gameplay. And by the end of that uh, trailer campaign, just before the game came out, there were so many story threads that were already being thrown out about what's happening to Jill Valentine and other characters uh, mm-hmm. within the series. And yeah, it did become a bigger emphasis on the story. There's just so much stuff that happens in those games where you kind of just just shake your head in, in kind of dismay and go, oh yeah, sure, whatever. Like, <laughs> and we'll get onto this, but like the part where Jill turns up with the red jewel thing on her chest and, and now she's mind controlled and stuff and you're just sitting there going, come on guys, like, really? Is this now the thing? person you love is evil, fight them or save their <laughs> it, life. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the most anime thing I could think you could do. And it's like, yeah, that's cool if that's your audience. But yeah, again, it, back to the old guys, you know, and girls, they're just not necessarily really into that. And I think that's the big divorce. Especially since there's some inspiration of sort of B-movies for the original games. And <laughs> there's no B-movie series that has a deep lore, but there seems to be that instilled in the in the more modern equivalent of the series. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It might be the way that games changed. You have to do that now. Well, um, yeah, as the game picks up more, you know, as the game has more games coming out for it, you do have to twist, twist things around. You do have to just, you know, you do have to give more depth to it or expand out somewhere, I guess. Well, I would argue that those old games have much, much deeper lore in general. Yeah, I mean, lots, technically, in a way, lots of things are happening in terms of the modern game. It's a bam, 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 bam stuff kind of really pacey experience. Um, and yeah, maybe that's indicative to not to sort of get on a soapbox, perhaps about you know uh, entertainment and society in a general that it's you know pacey, 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 punch in the face experiences. Whereas Resident Evil's the classic games lore is it's if you want to know, you've got to read, you've got to investigate, you've got to think about it and tie these things together. Just look at the classic games in terms of the amount of situations that spring around one event you know those few days that take place uh, in raccoon city which is two three and the outbreak games and even just months before zero and one while technically not really that connected take place on uh, opposite sides of a night together it's all really uh complicatedly tied together sometimes frustratingly so but it's really interesting to deep dive whereas the class like the, the modern games don't really have that level of depth it's just like you say hey this character is this here they are oh they're dead uh new virus world saved next one it's all very disconnected not just from the old games but oftentimes from you know the last game that came out it's got very little to do with it which is frustrating as a long-term fan of the series to feel like each installment is an entirely disconnected entity from the universe that you've uh, spent so much time in over these decades. I don't know. I think um, uh, uh, Revelations Two. Okay, I think that's probably the misnomer there because that's the only one that it feels like almost a direct sequel to Resi Five. There are threads from Resi Five, like you know, Alex is working on West, you know, is, is um, her brother's virus, and um, Claire is obviously, you know, she's dealing with stuff that's actually related to the movies. And you know, we've got Moira, you've got Barry. They they join over each other. Yeah, yeah I, I can't think that's the only one that's well, kind of like this is true. Linked. Yeah, Revelations Two is very good about that. And in all fairness, there's lots of stuff in Five that's hidden that that ties back to previous games, and especially in terms of sort of the Wesker storyline stuff. So it yeah. is a little bit there, but there are a lot of games from that modern era that um, 
that that do 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 away with it or because it, because it's I guess it's the case they always give it to a new writer and the safest option is to write your own thing and not really try to connect it in case you mess it up I'll go in my own direction and then I won't have a problem and now reading the file facts from Resident Evil 2002 Richard A. Hines to sanitation division attention manager of sanitation from raccoon disaster contingency committee the contents of this fax are confidential and intended for the named addressee only any copying or disclosure of the contents of this fax to any third party is strictly forbidden by the sender after reading the contents of this fax it must be destroyed immediately we expect significant increase in the damage done by the recent T-virus outbreak than initially estimated. There are several concerns. First concern, more than half of the researchers have been infected by the T-virus and died. It has also been reported that almost all of the survivors of this accident are starting to show symptoms of the T-virus infection. Second concern, our secret security patrol team has also been completely eradicated. Therefore, our most secret research is in danger of public disclosure. Quick actions are demanded to prevent mass media coverage. Third concern. There is a high possibility that most of the specimens are running loose inside the compound. We expect many casualties to follow. However yet unfortunate, these casualties underscore the success of our research results. Actions must be taken to prevent our research results from being made public. We suspect the first official intervention will come from the state police and STARS. We strongly recommend taking measures against them first. So Resident Evil 4, as we've said, was the big change for the series. Uh, it began development in 1999 with Hideki Kamiya at the helm as the director, who previously directed Resident Evil 2. But the version was so, in fact, disconnected from Resident Evil that it became its own game called Devil May Cry. Uh, development began again in 2001 on Resident Evil 4, and we were shown well, I suppose a total of about three different versions in 2002 and 2003, and then finally when the game came out in 2005, all very different games. The game released first in North America, January 11, 2005, uh, and despite being part of the Capcom 5, which were exclusive titles made for the GameCube, it went on to be ported to the PS2 due to its usually positive reaction. And as we said previously, it's been ported many, 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 many times. Uh, it had instant critical reception. It's possibly the best received game in the franchise. Not the best selling, but the best received, perhaps. It's often referred to as one of the best games of all time, uh, but because of its changes, it obviously has been a big point of contention uh, from the time that it came out and we just had a long discussion about it so even now uh, what were people's first uh, experiences with Resident Evil 4 like because I oh, no, <laughs> I was in the camp of I'm not so sure about this one uh, yeah as I was saying Resident Evil 4 lost me my first job really uh, yeah I was working at uh, Sainsbury's and Basically, I got a new Resident Evil game. Obviously, it's a new Resident Evil game. I love the series. So, uh, yeah, I want to play this. I played it for the entire weekend. And uh, I was already on, you know, as I was 16, I was causing trouble. 
uh, well, my mind would be older. <laughs> and uh, yeah, manager found out. I went, you got too much time to play these bloody video games? And uh, I got basically sacked for it. And uh, then, yeah, I proceeded to carry on enjoying myself as much as I'd say it's kind of left its imprint on the series since and everyone's like riding on the coattails of Resident Evil's kind of like general setup. Uh, yeah, I think that experience of losing that one awful retail job was worth it. <laughs> so I'm assuming that you were meant to be working on this weekend, not just uh, yeah, he fired yeah. you for doing what you want on your free time, you made yeah. it sound like. <laughs> I was booking off work and uh, I, I really should have been. Re- oh, that's lame. I was young and I didn't know better. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah, I, I experienced it for the first time on the PS2, so I'd seen a lot of the reaction and I shared most of its opinions in that it seemed to be a fantastic game and mostly I watched a friend play it rather than play it myself um, and I enjoyed the experience for what it was and he wasn't a Resident Evil fan but he got a real kick out of it. I, he played it to death and got all, all the unlockables and stuff like that. Um, but my opinion is this was the same as everyone else in the fact that it was a great game, but I'm not really sure why they called it Resident Evil. Yeah, I, I felt quite sort of detached from the name when I started playing it. It was just a great game, full stop. It wasn't necessarily associated with the Resident Evil that I'd experienced it before. Um, but I, I, I saw the launch on the GameCube. Um, I think I played it a couple of times at like some sort of demo booths and stuff. But uh, yeah, my first experience was with the PS2, which was short-lived. I didn't, I didn't complete it on the PS2. I eventually got the Wii version, and that was the one which I played several times over. Uh, everything about it was just sort of... It was, it was very sort of uh, secretive when they released it. Uh <laughs> You saw all the trailers and everything was about sort of the first area. I had no idea about the rest of the areas, which I kind of love as a campaign for any kind of trailer to just sort of try and show as little as possible because Mm. when you get to the game, it's a massive surprise. Uh, But talking from like the perspective of the the Wii game, I I think it kind of, it took that gallery mode style of shooting and, and really helped to refine it. So it was a completely different experience compared to the old Resident Evil games where it's it's very uh, clunky and you have to be very purposeful in where you're aiming um, because if you mess up, it, it kind of costs you a lot. But Resident Evil 4 was pretty forgiving. I would say that it's a little bit like um, Symphony of the Night in that the late game um, is extremely forgiving, I find, because... As long as you've stocked up on everything, uh, you're you're kind of a walking tank. Mm-hmm. Um, you you've got a you've got a whole arsenal, um, and so that was a little bit of a weaker point. But over uh, other than that, I thought it was a great experience. I generally agree with that. I really like the first third half of the game or so where like you say this there are parts to it which you know all these enemies coming out you and having to stop and shoot and aim um especially on the non-motion control versions of the game really added at least some kind of tension and panic to it but yes the second half is just a an insane blasting uh, madness shooting gallery thing but in terms of the actual gameplay um you know, there was nothing quite like it at the time. It was very refreshing. It really refined that genre that it that it suddenly had joined. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's had a huge impact on gaming in general, which is very odd for a game 
that's this is I'd say you know the fourth major installment. It's not even the fourth major installment. It's something like the seventh or the eighth or the ninth. But uh, yeah, just to suddenly turn like that and and not only for it to be so wildly different, but also hugely successful was such a shock. Um, obviously, it brought lots of people to the franchise that <laughs> you could get on your high horse about and be like, "Well, you don't know Resident Evil if you're a long-term <laughs> fan." But I mean, well, no, at this that's, point, that's the important thing, right? The, this is the incru- this is the crucial point about it, though. Like, we've we've all just had this chat where I've kind of you know immediately drawn my line in the sand, and said, for me personally, the Resident Evil experience is the core games, right? That's the first experience I had. And if you were to ask me what is Resident Evil, I'll point back to the original game and say everything radiates from radiates out from there. But for it's worth understanding that Resident Evil Four brought exactly as you've just said a massive influx of new people into the game, and or into the series. And at that point, for them. That's where Resident Evil is. That's what a Resident Evil experience is. So when they kind of looked back and played some of the old games, it's kind of like, again, if you if you started playing Final Fantasy at number seven and then kind of look back on the others and go, oh, that's kind of quaint. I see where they were developing up to this point. Mm. And that's exactly the same for Resident Evil 4. If you were someone who of that generation who sat down to play it for the first time, GameCube, PS4, uh, 2, whatever, played it through and then went, okay, let's look at the old games, you know, because obviously this is number four in the series and I'm not surprised there's one, two, three. Um, you kind of look at them <laughs> and then you kind of look at them and go, okay, so fixed camera angles, clunky voice acting, kind of, you know, really weird controls. I see that they had limitations on the system there and they were just refining it to get to where we are now. And you would almost see that as in, well, that's because that was an old game, right? Rather than understanding the reasons why it was that way. And I think that's the crucial point. You've got to kind of think about people's expectations and people's entry points dramatically change their perspective. And there isn't any right or wrong. Me me saying, for me, the Resident Evil experience is the core game, is the original core of Core 3, fantastic. Good for me, that's that. For someone else who came along and said Resident Evil 4 was the core game and I really enjoyed 5 and 6. I'm not saying it straight. <laughs> so, so yeah, they were great, and and for them, that's what the core experience is. I'm not right; they're not right. It's entirely subjective. It's what you, in personal, think. Yeah, I mean, like we said earlier when we were talking about the film, Resident Evil is a lot of different things to different people now. And Resident Evil Four has been out a very long time now. In fact, Resident Evil has been around. You know, there's more years of Resident Evil with Resident Evil 4 than without. So it's, uh, even to yep. this day, if you have that conversation of it doesn't really feel like classic Resident Evil, well, it's it's still Resident Evil. So I'm now going to run through the modern era and we'll quickly touch on some of those releases as well. 2005, Resident Evil 4, and then in 2007 was Resident Evil The Umbrella Chronicles, which is the on-rail uh, arcade shooter retelling of Zero Remake and 3, sort of. In 2009, 4 got its sequel in Resident Evil 5, and uh, Umbrella Chronicles also got a sequel in Darkside Chronicles, which retold Resident Evil 2 and Code Veronica. 2011 saw The Mercenaries 3D, which was essentially a kind of arcade game for the uh, 3DS, all based around the Mercenaries sub-game from 4 and 5. 2012 was a huge year, with Revelations coming for 3DS before being ported to home consoles as well. We had Operation Raccoon City and Resident Evil 6, both hugely controversial titles. (laughs) 
there was a couple years off after that. Revelations 2 came in 2015, and then the oft-forgotten, probably for the best of things, Umbrella Corps in 2016, and for now, we'll just stop there. So what do people think about some of the games in the modern era? Are there any standouts for the better or the worse? So Raccoon City and Resident Evil 6 came out in the same year. Yes. Yep. Wow, they really hated us, right? <laughs> I know. 2012 was a hell of a year. Whew. At least we had revelations, I guess. <laughs> it's going to sound embarrassing, but I actually looked at Six at first and I thought, they're, they're really trying to cater for everyone. Oh, oh no. <laughs> yeah, well, they were. They really were. And it backfired terribly. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm playing Six right now. That's, I guess... You know, it's not really a spoiler. I'm going to review all the games eventually. I played five mm. recently. I enjoyed it for what it was. Again, not necessarily a Resident Evil in the classic sense, but in terms of a game, I enjoyed it. Uh, Resident Evil 6, at the time when it came out, I was definitely in the camp of this is awful, but it's had plenty of updates uh, that have fixed some bugs and that kind of thing. And it's, I mean, so far, so good not good i wouldn't say good so far so okay i'm not hating it as much as i did when i first played it so that's helping at least it's an entertaining game it's got very little to do with resident evil it is just one sequence to the next of huge explosion and just upscaling of ridiculousness to the point where you just don't believe anything that's happening on screen uh which i guess really sums up the modern era it was all really really leading up to resident evil 6 being uh like you mentioned about the film series you get to a certain point where it's just like well there's nothing bigger at this point you can't go anywhere from here but uh, in terms of the play style of the modern era games, I'm fairly comfortable with them. I enjoyed the rail shooters for what they were. I'm a fan of both Revelations games. So looking at that list, there's actually more games in there that I enjoy than I uh, detest. Similar boat here, but I have to be honest, the one I'm most disappointed about was Operation Raccoon City. Um, mainly because I was following that from the second it was announced because I thought it was a really novel idea, playing a Resident Evil from Umbrella's side you know, or a fan kind of approach to it, I guess, it's because uh, it wasn't Resident Evil. Um, who was it? Slant 6 making it, wasn't it? Yes, it was, yeah. Uh, but they did like they did all these really flashy trailers that look really cool, the concept of, you know, being an absolute git in the Resident Evil universe. <laughs> and then you've got the inserted evil ARG that like, was filled with like little lore and connecting bits for the game, and that looked really compelling. And then we get one of the worst third-person shooter experiences I've ever spent time on. Like, uh, I, could, I could probably play Resident Evil 6's Mercenaries mode at least for fun, but Operation Raccoon City was just painful. Like, I've gotten used to the Resident Evil series, like, you know, two, maybe three shotgun blasts would kill a hunter, not 38 of them. <laughs> and, oh. So many they worked on, the wrong way. They worked on SOCOM, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 So, I, my, like, I was, I was already uh, a bit apprehensive about them handling resident evil but i thought well it's a it's a spin-off so i guess they can have some fun i kind of yeah i, I like the concept of it especially because it was returning to raccoon city which is you know in the hd era was going to be exciting to mm. see yeah that's the big disappointment i think there was real potential with that and they kind of played into people's nostalgia a little bit but i don't know i mean it's going to be it i mean i said at the top of the show shout out to Crimson Head Elder, they've recently had an interview with one of the developers of that game. It's yet to come out, but I've been told it's very, very interesting and illuminating, and we're going to find out some interesting stuff. So an extra special shout-out for that. I'm really looking forward to understanding some of the process and ideas behind that game and, and how it ended up the way that it did. 
Sherwin, do you have any particular thoughts on the modern game? <laughs> We've already talked about them fairly extensively, to be yeah. honest. Um, we kind of already hit most of the salient points. Um, okay. And again, as much as you guys are painting me into the corner as this uh, traditional <laughs> hardcore gamer who doesn't seem to care for these things, they all have their elements. It's yeah, whether you like them as Resident Evil games or not, they've all kind of got their own merits and uh, and so forth. Absolutely, uh, I played. I played. I've played most of them, believe it or not. Um, I struggled with five purely on the basis that I, I literally got as far as the point where you're in the house uh, that's under siege from all of the uh, from the infected, whatever they are. Well, I don't think they're quite zombies, are they? They're humans or who've been infected. Yeah, Magini. Um, there you go. And the honest frustration I had wasn't anything to do with the actual fact that it was a Resident Evil game or not. It was more so much the control system was so clunky I couldn't do basic... I was getting killed because the control system was so clunky it wasn't fit for purpose. I was going to say, there's there's a point where you kind of go, okay, so I want to jump through that window and shoot that guy, but I can't do that because the control system is so clunky it takes too much time to do it. It kind of felt like they'd upgraded the game to what they wanted the game to be, to be this fast-paced action game. Cool, no problems there. But if you don't upgrade the control system to go with it, then it just leads you to be frustrated. And that was my experience of it. I do agree that once when I played it recently, it took me some time to really get to grips with the control, which is odd because I just finished playing Resident Evil 4 and, and, and maybe it was the change from the Wii version to the to the Xbox version. Um, oh. But yeah, for, for what it's worth, I think it's worth saying that... Um, on this show, we are all pretty much of the mind that everyone's opinion is pretty much valid. And, and I know you were joking, mm. but I do want to say we are the the plan, plan for this podcast is while we're mostly fans of the original style in terms of calling that Resident Evil and that being the heart of Resident Evil, uh, we're not going to be casting people aside that like these these more recent games. I am developing no, more of a love now than I did at the time, definitely. Yeah, and it's exactly what I said that with Resident Evil 4 is the, is the starting nucleus for Resident Evil for a lot of people, and there's no right or wrong answer to that. Um, has Again, as as I've been painted as the guy out of the, out of the group of us who kind of doesn't necessarily uh, go along with the new games, there's, it doesn't mean I'm right. <laughs> it really doesn't. I could be completely full of myself and just be this old-time old time gamer who should probably grow up and, grow, and catch up with the rest of the world, right? So yeah, it's entirely feasible. It's finally feasible that could be what it is. But um, to the point, you're not alone. There is so many fans out there that can constantly campaign. We saw it recently with remake two. There was less backlash than I expected, admittedly, but lots of people that were like, "Well, it's not fixed camera angles, so it's not for me," which is fine. Yeah, with that perspective, that's your perspective, right? Absolutely. I feel there's so, a more outrage over Claire's outfit than uh, <laughs> a classic outfit, isn't it? That's that's true, yeah. Well, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. we'll skip yeah. that one. Mm. Yes, he's going to skip that one because that's his bugbear. <laughs> <laughs> if I can... If I can say anything about the modern series, though, um, you know, from 4 onwards, is that um, what fascinates me is to try and pick apart the aspects of the games which at least try uh, and, and attempt to kind of contextualize survival horror in this new 3D space. Um, and some things don't make the cut, but things that will sort of subvert the idea of what you might be used to, um, like Resident Evil 4 did it with headshots. Uh, very early on, headshots do not mean anything anymore because mm. the enemies that you're facing aren't necessarily killed by them. In fact, they can actually be made worse. Um, I like that kind of stuff. Uh, I like the idea of having um, a more limited 
uh, backpack in Resident Evil 5. So, you, you know, you had limited items and it was all sort of visible on your persons. Those kind of ideas could, you know, could work theoretically to sort of help with limiting what you have uh, available and how you fight. I, I mean, there was, there was one thing, and correct me if I'm wrong about this, but I, I read this years ago and I'm pretty sure it never made it to the game because I never saw it in 5. There seemed to be an idea that they were going to make the environment uh, much more harmful to you. Like, yes. There was going to be aspects of sunstroke, and, yeah, and that, because of how not bright outside uh, was, you know, you're going across the plains of Africa, that they were going to make that uh, more dangerous, despite the fact that it's all bright and sunny. And I love that idea. Um, so there's and there's there's all kinds of little aspects you can see even even in the later games there were efforts to try and tap into that, but they were still uh, you know flying the flag of going for a wider audience and going for something that's much more recognizable and and obviously cinematic in the case of six. Well, especially in Resident Evil Five's case, I believe. Um to date that's the best-selling game in the franchise so uh i my personal thought on that is is the case with a lot of things is resident Evil before comes out it's hugely successful more people want to jump onto the sequel and that's possibly why that game did so well uh but for what it's worth that is the best-selling game yeah the sunstroke thing was definitely an idea that i've read about but not a feature that made it to the game sadly uh, but there you go wasn't Chris meant to be alone at one point, but then they changed it and made Sheva a second. She was meant to be yes. like a background character and then she became the co-op partner. Yeah, it was a single-player campaign at one stage, definitely. Harvey wants to know what that game would have been like because, well, to be fair, uh, AI Sheva, well, you know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> did, did anybody even... play it with uh, co-op? Yes. I did first, actually. That was my first way of playing it. Yeah, me too, which is much, much better. <laughs> I, I've heard that countless times. I don't think anybody who played the co-op has said that it was a poor experience, but people who have played the single player have had those issues. Mm -hmm. She so... clever than people give her credit for, though. She can learn from you. Like, if you, like, for example, hand her herbs and then immediately take them off her and, you know, or it's, it's something like the way you give her items and things and the way you behave, she will learn from. Huh. Uh, and I don't think it's quite as in-depth as like Resident Evil 4's difficulty scaling system that went from there through to the rest of the series. But she does have an AI, and she can misbehave depending on how you treat her as well. That's why you've got those, like, um, you press B to say thank you and things like that. Uh, huh. You know, when you like, interact yeah. with Yeah. Interesting. I might have to do some reading on that one. That sounds really interesting. It's in the strategy guide somewhere. I can't remember okay. where. And now, reading from the file Butler's Memo from Resident Evil 4, James, a.k.a. Moist Owlet, who you can follow on Twitter at J-A-Y-D-E-E-S-S. -S. Knowing that Signor Ramon Salazar has no family, Lord Sadler must have used his strong faith in Los Illuminados to his advantage to talk Signor Salazar into undoing the seal of the Las Plagas once done by his ancestor. Signor Salazar would never do such a thing unless he was in some way being used unknowingly. I should have sensed the Lord's dirty scheme sooner. I feel like I'm partly responsible for all of this. I have no idea as to what the Lord is planning, but Signor Salazar was just being used. It is too late now, however. Signor Salazar has already taken the Plaga into his body. There is no turning back once the Plaga has turned into an adult in the body. The Plaga parasite will not die 
unless the host dies. There is no cure. Perhaps Signor Salazar may have been vaguely aware of the Lord's plan all along, but it's so hard to tell. Nevertheless, there is nothing I could do about it now. I have served the Salazar family for generations. I am prepared to continue my services until the very end. So there is obviously a game missing from the list that I did uh, I did exclude on purpose. So to close up this history of Resident Evil, we should talk about the most recent game that was released. Uh, work began immediately on Resident Evil 7 after 6 was released. A version existed in 2013 that was apparently closer to what the franchise was at the time. But due to poor critical reception of Resident Evil 6, uh, Capcom rethought what the Resident Evil franchise was and elected to scale things back. Uh, development began again in February 2014 and the game arrived worldwide January 24, 2007 and much in the same way that Resident Evil 4 did, 7 took a different turn for the series, changing the gameplay style, uh, the mood and again kind of coming up with a mostly unrelated story and cast of characters. Um, how do people feel about Resident Evil 7 if they've played it and do they think that this is uh, a, like a third era for the series in the same way that 1, 2, 3 are your classic games and 4, 5, 6 are your third person shooters? Is 7 the beginning of a new trilogy of first person games or with Remake 2 on the horizon being an over the shoulder third person shooter again? Is this going to be a weird uh, misnomer standout of the series? I think you would struggle to find a person out there who doesn't think this is the beginning of a new era. Um, I'd even go so far as to say that I believe Resident Evil 7 is... I don't think we know exactly the full beast that is Resident Evil 7 yet. In an era where we can easily add DLC to a game, in an era where that can change a game's experience dramatically, when you know, we don't know what the sequels might look like and it has reinvented the story entirely, I think that Resident Evil 7 has an awful lot yet to give in the tank that we haven't seen. And I think that, you know, if there's a Resident Evil 8 or whether we sort of wallow in a bit of DLC territory for a little while, I still think that we'll understand Resident Evil 7 a lot more once there's more game, whether that be through DLC or a sequel, to actually you have to give it context and to understand it. That's, I mean, I take your point. I believe the DLC technically is done, although who knows? Um, We've had all like the extra story DLC and stuff, but the the kind of campaign of Resident Evil Seven was really interesting in the way that it was revealed as you know another game, and then oh actually this is Resident Evil, and everyone was like what? And You're we in had, that kitchen, yeah. And then yeah, and the the demo, uh, the starting beginning hour demo and stuff being very interesting and different, although part of the main game in a way. It's got lots of weird like difference there who knows what it's going to be like you say maybe there's a spin-off from here i believe they're developing a resident evil 8 but it, people might just be calling it a resident evil 8 and it might be something else uh yeah i am of the opinion that this is going to be uh how the series moves for a little while at least it, the game did phenomenally well um especially given the budget that it was produced on and i do think that capcom have really started to listen in general Especially in terms of, like I said earlier, of uh, uh, interweaving a plot from game to game. Um, I feel like this is a setup for what is going to be a new story from here. Um, there was just enough kind of callbacks and just enough open, you know, paths to take from here. I really hope. Uh, 
that, that, that this is a new third style and I'm happy also that they're not abandoning the over-the-shoulder style as well in a way but uh, yeah it's interesting uh, did you yeah. either of you guys play Resident Evil 7? Sorry, go on. No, 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 no I'm sorry. <laughs> you got done, mate. <laughs> I played a fair bit of it around my mates. Um, and obviously I played the demo back in the day as well. But uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm entirely convinced that we'll see, uh, I think, at least two more games in this style. Um, it, it seems like as well the, the answer to what is essentially the climax that is Resident Evil 6 because Resident Evil 6 had just so much thrown at it that they they had to go back to basics mm. um or 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 7 was just going to fall apart and it, it's 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 compelling um i, I love the fact that uh, it's detached from much of the characters that obviously people have become um so familiar with because it gives you that kind of breathing space to actually learn about some new characters, some new mysteries, um, the restricted nature of the house, you know, were fantastic. Uh, I mean, back in the day, I used to love games like Penumbra. So uh, going into a first person perspective and it's more about sort of exploration and evasion of, of enemies. Um, I was, I was hooked on, I, I thought it was, it was a great idea to go with. Obviously, uh, there was, of course, the PT demo, which is not necessarily an inspiration for it because obviously development did begin uh, after Resident Evil 6, but uh, you, there's obviously a current that's going through um, the industry mm. in that respect for those style of games. I think, personally, I mean, there are some people that say, oh, it's just sort of riffing on PT. Uh, I think and maybe I'm being defensive about my favourite franchise, but I think you should let them, you know, ride that wave a little bit, you know. They've had two completely different playstyles before that have really perfected two different genres. You know, who who's really going to demand a third at this point? There's, there's really no shame in going, let's try something different. It doesn't have to be wholly original, but we're going to change it enough that it's its own thing. That's just my two cents. Steve, where did you land on Resi 7 anyway? So, Resident Evil 7. All right. Um, first of all, I was very taken with it. Like, I, I still think it's a fantastic and phenomenal game. Uh, at the same token, I feel like if you were to rewrite a certain amount of plot elements, you could probably get away with saying it might as well have been a first-person remake of the original Resident Evil. Mm. Like, you've got to find so many set keys to get out to the back door. You know, you replace uh, Mia with uh, the Bravo team and so on. I mean, there's no real big final confrontation with a rocket launcher, admittedly. Instead, you've got a fancy callback Magnum handgun thing. But, um, yeah, it follows the beats of the original Resident Evil to the point where you have to explore, you have to look, and then you've got a psychopath with a murder rake trying to hunt you down. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, the attention to detail, the visuals of the RE engine alone, you know, that's that's pure eye candy there as well. Uh, I feel like they may have took, you know, I know people say PT, but I feel like maybe Amnesia and Slender, yeah, sure. some of the other first person indie horror games probably had more DNA in this than PT alone. I uh, I think, I, I hope there are sequels, but at the same token, I, I'm okay with them if they don't do first person or not. I, I, I say, I'm still wanting the AAA, you know, the AAA fixed camera thing that's probably a pipe dream, but I would accept the first person as well. I'd accept the third person as well, to be fair. Um, but yeah, I think it went well. I the characters were okay. I felt that that was the weakest part was the player character was so bland. Everyone around him was a bit more interesting. 
Uh, I'm going like I'm going a million directions for this side, but yeah, well, no, I seven, fine, I enjoyed fine. it. <laughs> <laughs> TLDR, it was good. Let's yeah, <laughs> I I agree. It's, I personally, I think it's one of my favourite games in the series, actually, and yeah, hopefully they stick with it. If nothing else, it would just be really weird if there was just one numbered game that was completely different. But who knows? And now, reading the file Giovanni's Will from Resident Evil 7 Biohazard, Peter Starr, who you can follow on Twitter at DiscoPete117. It's too late for us, but at least I can let the world know what happened here. I was on night shift yesterday, so I was taking a nap in the bunk room around noon. I was half asleep and I heard a kid, a little girl, laughing. Or was that all in my head? I woke up at 1930. There was some sort of ruckus in the passageway. Drew, one of the engineers, he came in and said there was something going on down below. Maybe a riot. He looked pale in the face. He told me he was going down to check it out, but he never came back. It must have been around 1950 when I heard the scream. I went to the laundry room to check and saw Clark being eaten by some sort of blackish monster. The monster turned and started coming towards me, huge, shock-like teeth snapping in its jaw. I just screamed like a little girl and ran for it. Now I'm huddled up in the bunk room, shaking as I write this. There's a whole host of those creatures lurking in the passageways now. I, I can still hear screams now and then. But there's no way I'm going out there now. And that's it. I've written everything I know. Signed, Giovanni Finetti. Okay, well, uh, obviously, that's going to wrap up our talking about the history of Resident Evil today. I think we did that pretty decently, you know, all things considered. And uh, now we'll move on to the bite-sized discussion real quickly, if we can. We'll go around the round table now. And what usually, in the future, what I'd like to do is to get listeners to contribute topics for us to discuss. Smaller subjects that wouldn't really be something for a full podcast, but something that we can go around 10-15 minutes and, and that kind of thing, like what's your favourite variant of the Hunter and stuff like that. Which character Alpha. would you like to see? You, don't give spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> Can't use that one now. Which oh. character you'd like to see coming back, that kind of thing. Um, but since this is the first episode, I've picked a subject. And to introduce us more to potential people listening to this podcast, the best question that I love to, and I've said this before, I love asking people, where did you start with Resident Evil? And we've all touched on it a little bit throughout here, but we may as well go around and give a little bit of a story if we can. So, uh, yeah, Steve, what was your first experience with Resident Evil? What was the first game? Kind of like I said earlier, the original, uh, Red Sea at my brother's house. I remember us getting to the uh, first Tyrant fight, and we literally had four Beretta bullets to our name, so we didn't finish it. It wasn't <laughs> much later that we actually went and beat the game. But, that sucks. Yeah. I mean, that's sometimes the way when you play I mean, that's the beauty of it. You play it for the first time, and uh, you don't exactly know well, it's like knowing coming. Now, knowing, and, yeah. 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 You know where ammo is everywhere now, so it's 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 you know Resident Evil One. There's going to ammo for everything, and uh, but yeah, back then, yeah, we were struggling. We, we were running around the lab. We got murdered by chimeras, God knows how many times. No one went face tyrant. Not enough bullets. 
gave up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sherwin, you've touched on it again briefly that it was the first game, but any particular stories from playing that first game? No, I don't think so. Um, I mean, for the most part, it, it's, it's all going to sound terribly cliche, to be honest. Uh, we all jumped when the dogs jumped through the window uh, or the crows smashed through places, or alternatively, we... Um, yeah, we all kind of got bitten by the first zombie and jumped when it grabbed your foot or whatever, <laughs> that sort of stuff. It, I've, I've truly got nothing to add to that, you know, that most people didn't experience the first time through. The only thing I'll add in there is that um, I remember crapping myself, not literally, but close to, I think, when I played Director's Cut for the first time and crows actually attack you in the observatory room, um, <laughs> which I didn't know could happen. I really had no, yeah. Imagine if you played this game a hundred times before, you know exactly what you're doing. You're playing the director's cut, okay? So it's a bit more difficult, it's a bit more pretty, whatever. And then suddenly this giant crow smashes through the window and gnaws you to death. <laughs> um, that was that's an experience that I won't forget soon enough. But um, yeah, that's it really. Uh, Jordan and I have got, I think, the same game. You said Resident Evil Two, didn't you? At least briefly. Resident Evil Two on the Nintendo 64. I. I don't even know how I got a hold of it, but yes, I had it on the N64. Uh, no, I don't have it anymore. Damn. Yes, I regret that. <laughs> I was going to start PayPal. I, I, I think about that every now and then, and I just think, oh man, I wish I still had that. But uh, yeah, it was it was a it was a great experience. It was it was terrifying. I mean, did that come out for the N64? Was that 2000? Uh, that sounds right. I'll just double check. I, yeah, I feel I like I was. Right. It feels about nine or ten when I played it, and I I just I just remember thinking wow, this game must be incredibly long because <laughs> I, I, I'm not getting past the basketball court. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like taking me several hours and I'm like, all right, I've made it to the foot of the police station. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was, it was, it, it, it's weird. It was, it was more hard than it was scary. It was still scary, but yeah. um, I just, I just constantly found myself getting tripped up by the zombies and just making the bad call of turning left or right and just getting stuck by people. And I hadn't been used to a game that had been uh, so uh, restrictive with health, and, and that was that was scary. But it was it was cool. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely relate to all of that. I was probably about the same age when I played it. Um, I still, my memory's terrible, so I'll never remember if it was the PlayStation version, but I also had a PC demo that came with a cover mount for uh, a magazine. I don't remember what order I played it, but I definitely remember having that experience of feeling like this game is scary, but also really unfair, it felt. Just the way that it played was so, like, obtuse and difficult, and it took me forever to get to the police department and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that those are my major memories, is really struggling with it, and then a couple of years later, picking it up and actually getting it and being able to plow through it and again years later after that i played it again and then it all really every time just built up more and more and from there i i rented the first game like i said i, I picked up three i you know just started delving right in deep going on all the fan sites and learning as much as possible and and uh yeah the last few years for me has been the real turnaround of being like yeah resident evil is definitely my favorite franchise and that's how we've wound up talking for about an hour about the series <laughs> so 
that will be the conclusion of our first ever episode. Like I said at the top of the show, please let us know what you thought of this episode. It kind of uh, relies on feedback. So wherever you saw this episode, please leave a comment if you if you listen and let us know what you thought. If there is an audience out there, then we will definitely reconvene. We have lots of ideas from here forward um, and release further episodes, grow more. We'll establish our social media presence and that kind of stuff so uh running down if you want to message any of us individually or follow us on twitter you can find me at signiac underscore one two three steve is at Firebutton games showin is at showin's agenda and jordan is at serial box 64 special thanks to all of our contributors on this episode for doing the file readings and all that good stuff and i suppose nothing else remains but for me to say Thanks for listening and have a great week, guys. Mm -hmm.